Is that true that you can get bit that many times by a black widow and 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 not die? Because oh yeah, that, I don't know. John Goodman says that at some point in the movie. I mean, that helps with my fears of black widows. That's for sure. <laughs> I, I I mean, do you want me to get you a black widow spider, Ricky? Yeah, and just let it bite me fourteen times. See, if- like, I mean, like Ricky, like, do you even like feel anything anymore, or like, do you want me to send you a spider in the mail so you can let spiders bite you? I just need to have Ricky is also so just for the viewers um, Ricky is on some kind of like deranged like quest out in the wilderness right now and so (laughs) I think it would be good for your brand to be walk up to strangers in campgrounds and say like you see this I got bit by I got bit by a black widow 14 (laughs) times right here you see this other arm right here a scorpion stung me scorpion stung me 16 times (laughs) didn't Um, didn't even drop my cigarette welcome to 30 years later it's the show where me chris chafin and uh my good friend ricky camilleri talk about movies from 30 years ago and um I guess kind of the question we've gotten around to is like, are these things that like you could ever at all watch right now? <laughs> like is, is, is anything that happens inside this movie? Okay. Like, I feel like it's often the question we're asking. What movie are we talking about? Just generally, I feel like what the show, right? Like that's usually oh, yeah. a lot of what we're talking about. Well, because um, so, we're, right. we're mostly watching like the, the most successful movies of the week that they came out. And the most successful movies are always going to be, I mean, predominantly going to be 95% of the time going to be mainstream, you know, strikes right down the middle that are made for the status quo. And the status quo is built off of assumptions, predominant assumptions about people and the way we live um, in, in, in that time. So so this week, 1990 coming out of the (laughs) eighties, we're coming out of the Reagan era. We're getting like a, a, a great look at like, capital is great money's great it doesn't matter the white family is perfect and that they uh like it, yeah like obstacles about... to the white family i would say are what a lot of these movies have ended up being about like mm-hmm. just good white people that want to be together and things that get in their way Agreed. so this week uh the that thing is uh dangerous spiders from venezuela we're talking about the 1990 movie Hugo yes hugo chavez no he's more of a fucking pig from venezuela um (laughs) communist pig um so yeah this year this week we're talking about arachnophobia uh a movie that i thought was too scary to see for my entire life until two days ago (laughs) i i i was aware that this movie existed obviously i knew a lot of stuff about it it's uh it stars John Goodman and it stars Jeff Daniels and it's about a small town fighting a bunch of spiders. And I just from the little bits that I had seen here and there in culture, I was sure that this was the most frightening thing that had ever been put on film. But like watching it, I was actually very surprised pleasantly to see that it's mostly like a pleasant movie about small town life. (laughs) But like then occasionally someone gets killed by a spider. (laughs) It's kind of like murder. She wrote if like all of the killers were spiders, you know, (laughs) mostly it's an excuse just to like explore this fun town. Like there's maybe as much time spent talking about uh, Jeff Daniels character. Who's like the country doctor. 
uh, him needing to get more patience for his practice as there is spent talking about deadly spiders. Like it's pretty close. <laughs> it's pretty close. I have to say, I loved uh, that. Yes. This movie has like a big ending with lots of spiders coming out of every piece of floorboard and wall and crack and everything. And, you know, a queen bee spider that has to get like basically a boss character at the end of a video game. Yeah, that right. Jeff Daniels has to fight, but like really up until those last moments, the movie is invested in its characters, where the, the place that they're in, the interactions between each other. The humor is often sort of slight. I would never say it's subtle in any way, but it's not going for like gut-busting laughs with the exception of John Goodman. Um, and it's kind of nice to watch a movie that can just exist like that. This movie was the uh, most successful successful movie of the of, of as far as releases that week I'm, I'm willing to bet ghost made more money that week than this movie did considering how much money ghost made but this movie made uh, about 55 million dollars the week that it came out yeah so as much as i expected to see a movie about like a monster movie about murderous spiders what i actually got was like a small town comedy about the professional development of a doctor like that's mm -hmm. really mostly what it's about it's about like him complaining about work and talking to his family and like trying to get some respect around town like which i guess is kind of like jawsy like it kind of has that energy like there's a danger oh, there's so that much... one person sees and no one else sees right there's so much jaws energy in this movie to the point where they even do a jaws line where uh they're running away from the spiders and uh, they run into a room and I believe one of the characters says we're going to need a bigger room or something to that effect. <laughs> like, and it's clearly a Jaws reference. The movie was yeah. produced by Steven Spielberg and it was directed by Frank Marshall, who had been working with Spielberg for a long period of time. Frank Marshall also worked, uh, got his start working with Peter Bogdanovich and Polly Platt on the last picture show. There's a great podcast right now called, uh, you must remember this. It's been out for a few years, but this season covers Polly Platt uh, and uh, her life uh, based off of her memoirs. And Frank Marshall is one of the people that's routinely interviewed in it about her and Peter Bogdanovich's relationship and about her life. But he's this Hollywood figure who, starting in the late 60s, built all these friendships with the new Hollywood directors and specifically found friendships with Spielberg and Robert Zemeckis. And if you look at his IMDb, he made a ton of behind-the-scenes documentaries for the Spielberg and uh, Zemeckis movies. And he also produced some of the Indiana Jones and, and stuff like that. But this was his directorial debut. Yeah, I mean, if you look at this guy's filmography, it's absolutely completely bonkers. Um, he's yeah. a producer on Raiders of the Lost Ark, Temple of Doom, The Color Purple, Back to the Future, The Money Pit, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, uh, more Indiana Jones, more Back to the Future, Cape Fear, Hook, you know, on and on and on and on and on. And then like, so yeah, this is his directorial debut. And the follow-up to this movie, by the way, that he directed was Alive, which is mm -hmm. also like pretty good, pretty solid, man. And then um, his follow-up movie from that was Congo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which, well, you know, he made two... Me, it makes sense to me that... Congo is as bad as it is and we'll I feel like we'll talk about this later but this style of movie this approach and the tone of this movie cannot work like this is probably the last year that this can work for like for for adults because it is it is very cartoonish at times it is very like when 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 Daniels and his wife and kids pull up to the townhouse 
they get out of the car and she's basically like, oh, can you believe we moved here for the city so you could be a doctor in a small town? And he's <laughs> like, oh, honey, I wish you could be working. She goes, oh, well, I'll take care of the kids. And he goes, well, I would love a wine cellar that I could put a padlock on. And it's just sort of like, <laughs> okay, guys. <laughs> we, like, do you ever just have a normal conversation as a couple? <laughs> that is a totally normal. I mean, it is. it has the energy of like a 90s kids movie. Like that's yes. a conversation they have in like the Sandlot, you know? Like yes. that was like very normal for the time period if the main audience was 12 year olds, which like maybe that is the audience for this movie. It feels like a screenplay blueprint book at times. Uh, and and what? Daniels even, I read an interview with Daniels where he even said that, where he was like, it was a horror, we, when, when, when Marshall and I saw the screenplay, the, uh, it was a horror screenplay that was pretty paint by numbers, looked like it was written by a computer. And we decided <laughs> to like put, to like put as much comedy in it as possible and brought on new writers and stuff like that. And you can see Daniels like, I don't know, Dan, Jeff Daniels is like, a pretty talented actor yeah. uh and he 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 is pretty funny but even in this his like style of humor is very uh again like like you said like a kid's movie in the 90s it's very cartoony it's very wooden i mean yeah, yeah there is definitely so john goodman is playing this really big over the top exterminator with like a uh, kind of reminiscent i mean or extremely derivative of uh the bill murray performance in caddyshack except it's better because john goodman is like actually being likable and doesn't seem like a huge shithead um and he also like seems like a good exterminator and <laughs> the joke is not that he's not a good exterminator the joke is that like this danger is so huge but even when he anyway anyway not to get too much into this but there's a moment where jeff daniels reacts to john some crazy shit john goodman says by literally slapping his forehead they just cut to jeff daniels who's alone in the center of the frame and he just slaps his forehead with his hand and like goes oh brother <laughs> just, like... he slaps his head and like drags his hand over his face <laughs> The movie starts in Venezuela. There's a spider. There's like a professor of spiders, whatever that starts is. With beautiful shots of Venezuela. People, it's, you're flying in a helicopter, like over the over a river and past these like cliffs with these yeah. impossible waterfalls coming off these cliffs. And then they're like, obviously blew a huge amount of money on a Venezuelan helicopter crew it, or something. It was the first movie that ever shot in this place in Venezuela. Like it was an off limits place, apparently, to shoot oh, wow. and really hard to get there. Yeah. And it's beautiful. It's so beautiful. Like, my God. I mean, I was writing. I found out later it was Venezuela, but I was like, where in the hell is this? Like, it looks like it's like Vietnam or something. These like impossibly tall mountains. Like, I, did, I didn't know Venezuela was that beautiful. It's so beautiful yeah. to look at, though. But it immediately put me at ease. I was like, I'm on board with this movie. You know, there's like the titles are going over a river at sunset. And I was like, this isn't at all what I was expecting. And I am I'm so like calmed um uh, but yeah a professor and a photographer and uh some other people are in venezuela looking for ancient spiders of some kind uh they find one but then there's another one that escapes and kills the photographer and that and then this spider that kills him hops off of a wall the my favorite thing about this movie and i should i guess i should save this till you actually ask what my favorite part is but i'll say it later is when the spiders jump off things uh it's it's so good it's like so clearly fishing wire like pulling a, a, a prop spider off a wall um 
jumps into well, the coffin. I, I read actually goes, that like one of the one of the stunt people or one of the like prop coordinators on this movie was like one of the guys from Mythbusters. I guess this is like one of his first big credits is like do like manipulating all the spiders on arachnophobia. And apparently a lot of it was magnets, in fact, that they just used magnets to like make the spiders move around funny. Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh. Um the spider goes back with the dead body of the photographer. It goes into this small town and then it gets out of the coffin. And as it gets out of the coffin in the small town, smash cut to very innocent, naive music of a, of a white family pulling up to a country home. Gee, and, honey, uh, I love sure yeah. glad we moved to the country. <laughs> you yeah, know. Yeah. Honey, do you think we're going to like it here? Well, you think we're going to probably going to like it more than the sirens and the crime in the city. <laughs> And I mean, it's not just that they have cut from the the uh, morgue to this. It's like we have seen up close the desiccated corpse of this photographer. That's like it's right. like full of holes. It's all dried up. And the movie does, by the way, spend a lot of time making sure you know the difference between desiccated and macerated. And this, is, trust me, it is a desiccated corpse. And then yeah, then smash cut to this beautiful white family, like having living their dreams out in the countryside. Um, and now, now from here on out, you have like a juxtaposition story, or I mean, not a juxtaposition necessarily, but two stories happening at the same time, which is Jeff Daniels is acquainting himself with the town, trying to become a doctor. The, the doctor that he's supposed to be replacing has decided not to retire and is a total piece of shit and fucking with him and his career and his family. Meanwhile, the spider is also exploring the town and is also moving in. And and we're seeing that spider or spiders, we're not sure for a little while, uh, yeah. walk around, crawl around, and eventually start killing people once again. And as you said, no one believes Jeff Daniels. No one believes Jeff Daniels that it's a spider. And it's the spider that kills you in a very movie. It's, it, it's handling it in a really funny way because in, textually in the movie, the spider kills you with one bite and you go, and you die, which is like, that's how spiders kill people in movies, right? <laughs> But then also the movie has multiple doctors and scientists go like, that's not how it works when a spider bites you. Like a spider could never kill you. They're like, I heard like you can get bit like 15 times by a black widow and not die. Like it's, there is no way that a spider could kill you with one bite, which I thought this was a really funny choice. And it was kind of, I appreciated it. Well, this is actually, this is another thing I want to talk about at this point is like, does the movie present the spider as being evil? Or is the spider just behaving as a spider would? Because sometimes it seems to have volition and to be like trying Mm. to kill people. And sometimes it just seems like, oh yeah, I guess that person startled the spider and it would have bitten them. Like, what are your thoughts on this? I think the movie tries to have it both ways. Like it tries to play with the startle, the, the, the spider getting started. But then there are moments where like the spider literally like hops onto somebody like it doesn't like, I mean I think be, it like, doesn't especially have to be, do it at the beginning when it when it hops into the the pack you're just kind of oh like why would the fucking spider do this the spider lives in the jungle it's the fucking king of the jungle why is it hopping onto a de- it knows this body it, is dead like just why would it do this it doesn't even just hop onto the stretcher with the body it hops on and then hides <laughs> and there's like a close up <laughs> like a close up of it hiding underneath a pack yeah, exactly. And then it continues to hide apparently the entire uh, sea journey, I guess, back to America. 
and you're like um yeah like it didn't leave like during the flight at all you know like it it waited to get to the town which yeah. is again very odd very very odd my question is do you think this movie is t- intentionally trying to juxtapose jeff daniels's entry and attempts at life in in the country with the spider's entry and attempts at life in the country I mean, Ricky, when you said that a minute ago, I was like, oh, that's really smart. I didn't think of that at all. Like, but that totally is what's going on. But, you know, do I think like that was the intention of the screenplay is like we're seeing these two immigrants like adapt to life in town at the same time (laughs) facing familiar, similar problems in their quest to establish themselves like I don't think so just by virtue of the fact that we don't ever see the spider like trying to do anything but bite someone. It's just like the spider also keeps killing his patients. So again, do you think the spider is evil? Is this is like what this was another this was actually another thing I wanted to think about. I'm not saying that the spider is evil in that way. I'm saying that the spider is connected to him in some way. Like they have a connection. Yes, like they're kindred, they're spirits of, they're like somehow kindred spirits because it's not like the spider is just like killing random people. It's like the first person that it kills in the town is his first patient. The second person that it kills in the town is his second patient, like the kid playing football. Yeah, and right. then and then it goes on to just like start killing willy nilly, but initially it's like solely killing his patients, which. I get makes sense for the sake of the plot, you know, like on a very surface level, but it does feel like the spider is kind of like, like his evil twin. I mean, this is interesting. And I, I like the idea that this is like, it's like they're connected in this way and they're going through like mirror versions of this uh, adaption process to the town because watching the movie, normally a monster movie like this or a horror movie like this, there's some kind of like, like there's a message to it or there's like a kind of general animating idea of like, this kind of person is getting killed for this reason, you know, Mm -hmm. and you can kind of figure that out. Like, and, and especially in monster movies, a lot of times they usually have some kind of like, you know, it, it, the, the monster is a metaphor for something. Right. But I really wasn't sure in this movie, like what the spiders were supposed to be a metaphor for, or like why they were killing the people they were killing or like what, what we were supposed to be taking away from the these spiders and i really didn't know the answer at all i mean so the idea that that's this jeff daniels connection like makes it that's something at least you know yeah it feels like it feels very much like a steven spielberg movie like amblin was yeah. kind of like the brand of steven spielberg that i feel like was made by jaws and et and arachnophobia arachnophobia feels like it is a uh very much a part of of, of that brand like the goonies was and and all that yeah, I mean, definitely a touchstone for it um, for me is Poltergeist. Just because, like, it's a movie about, like, it, it it takes a lot of pains to present to you the reality of upper middle class life in America at exactly the moment that it took place. Like, there's a shot at some point where there, John Goodman is coming in to do, do some exterminating in there. In, I guess it's not their house, it's someone else's house. But, like, the way that they have set dressed to the bathroom, it's just completely cluttered with like plastic crap pushed out to every like inch of counter space. And I was like, hell yeah. Like, I love to see representation for myself like this on screen. Like this is beautiful. Just like pure middle-class shit. Like, 
Yeah, there's like 13, there's like a hair dryer and a fucking plastic bag of hair rollers. I don't know, like a half used toothpaste tube, a million things. And I was like, oh, this is great. Yeah. And I I always think of Poltergeist as like a movie that's mostly about being a a middle class family. And then like there's a monster for some reason, you know, and this this has a lot of that going on. Well, so he he loses his job as a doctor because the doctor doesn't want to retire. And then all of a sudden this random woman approaches him in town after like ripping up a ticket that a cop tries to give him the really annoying, like deputy, the kind of like David Arquette character from scream style Mm -hmm. deputy in town. Who's like, you know, a tight wad that enjoys giving tickets and probably has like a child pornography collection on his computer. Um, He has the look. Uh, And, this woman like tears up the ticket and is like, leave the new doctor alone. And then she like, it's so wooden. It's so funny. She like puts it, goes arm in arm with Jeff Daniels and like the camera cuts and they like turn towards the camera and she's like, walk with me. (laughs) (laughs) And she's like, I'm Estelle Lingetti. And I've been living in this town for so many years. And I do not like that doctor. Will you be my doctor? And he goes, oh, wow. Thank you so much. That sounds so great. Like every time something bad happens in the first and second act of the movie, right around the corner, there's something to like help Jeff Daniels that ends up also going wrong. Right. Like at least these two instances where it's like the woman, this woman like asks for work. So he gives her an exam, a physical exam, says she's fine. And then she gets killed by a spider that night. Her original doctor, the old man who wouldn't retire, shows up and says, there's no way that she was fine. Your exam was wrong. And uh, you basically killed her. And Jeff Daniels like, I'm smarter than you. I'm from the city, you dumb old fuck. Like, uh, that's and not like what happened. Yale graduate. <laughs> he yeah. Calling him there. And yeah. Then, but then when he's at the funeral for this old woman, the high school coach of the rest the wrestling team or something the basketball football team excuse me the football team grabs jeff daniels and like jeff daniels is literally like walking away from the funeral being like where am I, what am i going to do for work and the football coach comes over and is like i've got work for you <laughs> and he goes oh great cut to jeff daniels goes to the high school and immediately has to give prostate or he walks uh, checks yeah, he walks from kid. the front door like right into the locker room and he seems to not even know what he's there for. And the coach is like, drop them, boys. <laughs> no. and, and there's this incredible shot of Jeff Daniels walking from kid to kid, grabbing kids' nutsacks, <laughs> not washing his hands in between, which like... Oh, the, no, no, not even stopping in between. Yeah, what kind of... I mean, maybe he isn't a very good doctor because he should be washing <laughs> his hands in between each kid. Because it does just, I mean, you're supposed to be seeing the, like, his abject humiliation, you know? It's just, like, this is what he's come to in life, is, like, grabbing these children's dicks for money. (laughs) (laughs) It Uh, does have a very weird thing in this this part of the movie you're talking about, where, like, I had never in my life thought of doctors as, like, people who need clients or they're going to go broke. Like that was, it it was very central to this, the entire film. And I was like, I, I did not know that was a thing. (laughs) Like, I was like, is he a private detective? Like he spends the whole movie worried about his clients. (laughs) Like, I just do not conceive of a doctor like that. Yeah. You, you open a doctor's office, you get patients, but I guess patients are clients. I guess so. And I mean, you know, and you got a bill for something, you know, I don't think of a doctor like, but I guess this is the thing, like, like Trump's doctor and stuff. It's like cultivating relationships with rich people so you can get a lot of money out of them. I mean, 
I guess that's well, like way more profitable. Where, there's even the scene where after he examines the old lady before she dies, uh, his Jeff Daniels, wife asks if she has lots of ailments because meaning like, will she be a repeat customer? And Jeff Daniels sighs and is like, no, she's healthy. And like, <laughs> she sighs disappointedly as well. And, Ugh, it's too bad. She's not on the, she's not like, you know, cancer stricken and needs like four years of treatment. <laughs> It's we like really extremely weird. Mortgage. Oh, I wish that old bitch was sick. Oh, man. <laughs> um, but then he goes after he checks all the kids uh, balls. Um, he watches a football practice because he hasn't gotten enough of these kids. And uh, one of the kids uh, gets a spider in his helmet. Very strangely, the spider starts out on the bleachers and somehow makes it all the way to the kid's helmet. And uh, it bites the kid. While he's in practice, the kid immediately dies. Again, Daniels is blamed for this uh, because it's like the second person. But the doctor who keeps blaming him, he gets bitten by a spider and he has to call. He asks his wife to call Jeff Daniels. And I loved his death scene because as he's dying, he's like doing doing what a doctor would do, which is sort of like, what's happening with my body? I'm having I'm, I'm, I'm definitely having a stroke. Call this person like he's just very practical and on it. But then just die. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then the next time we see him, he's got like one blood trickle coming out of his mouth, and he's dead. Which um, is how I would imagine the doctor dies. Like a doctor very quickly is like, "What is that ailment? Oh, that's probably vascular." But oh, oh, that's a heart attack. Oh, wait a second, the heart attack is crawling up to, and I'm gonna die now. <laughs> that's that's how a doctor dies. I mean, I would like to believe that, Ricky, and it's very sweet that you feel that that's what it would happen. It shows a lot of faith in doctors. I'm sure that they all die just going, oh, no, <laughs> you know, and then they are dead. <laughs> like, I don't I, I don't know that they have any special insight. They're probably just like, ouch, and then they're dead. Um, And then after the doctor has bitten, a detective with a bolo tie shows up and... Uh, or do we even know who this person is? Like, they, I don't know if they ever established what his job is. He's a detective or is he the, the, the district attorney or like. He's just like higher up in the ranks than the stupid pedophile policeman. Yeah, he just shows up wearing a suit jacket and a bolo tie and you're like, oh, he's the boss, you know. Yes. Like, he's the small town yeah. boss. He's got a bolo on. Uh, and he doesn't really believe Jeff Daniels at first, but like sort of also maybe believes him. He's not incredibly he's not super incredulous about jeff daniels's now specific theory that there is a spider going around biting people um and so he gets the okay to exhume the bodies that have been buried they find all the bites on them they call the professor from the the first the cold opening of the movie who is played by the beautiful julian sands who while beautiful very beautiful man yeah yeah he's like a more beautiful version of julian assange like he should play Julian Assange, <laughs> uh, and Julian Sands is like, "Huh, spiders? Blah, 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 blah. I'm a professor," and he sends his assistant to look into it, who uh, is a great TV actor. Who I mean, there's some actors like everybody in this movie is really good. Even the yeah, ones I mean, who really have careers afterwards, especially the guy who comes in that's Julian's assistant, Julian Assange's assistant. Oh, I thought shit. he was great. And I love Julian Sands. You're saying like he's also in the beginning of the movie and he's he's supposed to be like a super dick uh, scientist. 
but it, there's some nuance to it that you actually feel like, oh no, this guy just knows a lot about spiders. <laughs> like it, it yeah. doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't seem like a dumb like movie trope. You just feel like, oh, this guy spends all day trying to talk to like morons who are scared of spiders, and he's trying to like explain reality to them, and it's you know it's a lot for him to deal with. Um, I loved him in the movie. I thought he was great. Should I say just before this? There's a scene where Jeff Daniels is trying to uh, create his wine cellar because he's very desperate to have a wine cellar. And there's this very weird moment in the beginning of the movie when he's first moving into the house and the movers who uh, is, is the one black guy in the whole movie, except for one of the kids on the football team that gets his balls cupped. Yeah. 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 Uh, the mover is like pulling a box out of the moving truck and Jeff Daniels goes, ho, 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 hold on a second. Hold on a second. You got to be careful with that. And he goes, he opens it up and pulls the bottle of wine out in front of the guy. And it's like, that's a 19 something, something Margot. And the guy's like, okay. And he goes, it's $125. And the guy goes, must be pretty good. And Jeff Daniels goes, <laughs> oh, I wouldn't know. You can't, like, you would never open this. And that's like the end of this. And then Jeff Daniels tells this man, this stranger, I'm going to make a wine cellar. <laughs> the guy's just looking at him. And then I the walks away and Jeff Daniels walks over to the cellar and says, I'm going to have to padlock this to protect my investment, which is, you know, the gun in the, in the, in the last act. I mean, the thing but, about Jeff Daniels in the beginning of the movie is he's, he's just so full of exposition. Like it just comes out. Yes. Like it doesn't matter who is in this, who is in the scene with him. Like he just has so much world to set up, you know? I mean, that was sort of what I felt about the first act of the movie was that everybody was just dropping exposition in every line of dialogue. And uh, I mean, the movie also is like, person. oh, yeah, go ahead. I was just gonna say, except for John Goodman, who, oh, yeah, all that all that wine cellar stuff was to say that, like, when Daniels is trying to set up a cellar, he knows that, like, some of the wood is eaten out and he thinks it's termites. So they call the town exterminator played by John Goodman, who, as you said, was doing like his best Bill Murray impression. But as we both agree, I think it's a bit more nuanced and actorly than Bill Murray's yeah. like SNL handicap person. Because <laughs> he seems like a real person who like exists in a world where he is a, a superstar. Like, I am the best exterminator. And indeed, he does turn out to be a very good exterminator. And he's like, ex- knows everything about everything and everyone he interacts with. <clears throat> everyone he interacts with it's basically like let me show you how a master does this you yeah. know but he is not wrong so it's like really cool you know it's funny but also like impressive like legitimately i feel like i would trust this man to disinfect my home you know and they play that comedy music whenever he shows up too like yeah he has a very aggressive theme song that comes on like literally the, the in multiple scenes they show his pickup truck driving up to the house with his like the name of the extermination company on the side and they're like playing his theme music and then they just cut to him wherever he's doing whatever he's doing you know it was like pretty cool like very silly and cartoonish but also like pretty cool yeah so the town starts believing daniels and more people start dying including the mortician and his wife or at least the guy who does the autopsies and his wife they get killed which you had an issue with that scene you were saying right yeah so the the way the movie does the spider attacks is like you just okay cut to two middle class people doing some middle class shit and then it's like 
oh, but they don't know there's a spider or like right under that thing, you know, and that's like multiple things. It's like you're in the bathroom, you're in the, sh- you know, you're taking a shower, you're watching TV, you're, you know, playing football, whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, so in this scene, it's it's the coroner and his wife. and They're watching TV and they set up that the spider comes out and crawls into the bowl of popcorn. OK, and I will say, OK, also before this movie, before this scene, there's another spider scene with um, Jeff Daniels daughter and a friend of theirs where we're Jeff Daniels has already started to get really worried about the spiders. He told them to be careful and they've laughed at him because they don't believe this, this spider is killing people. But then we see a spider stalk them, okay? But what happens is through an accident, they just like drop a book on it and then they kill it, right? And so this spider goes from like being a danger to actually it's dead. So at some time later, there's the scene with the coroner and the spider crawls into the bowl of popcorn, okay? And you're like very scared and you're like, oh no, what's going to happen? And But the way they play it in the movie is you just see him, you just see a disembodied hand scoop up a, a handful of popcorn and go out of frame. Now at first I'm like, Oh, he must have just eaten it. Like he didn't even actually he's not even actually going to get killed. Like he ate it, you know, and there's precedent for that in the movie. But there's also precedent for like. Only just one person dies, like the doctor dies and his wife doesn't die. But then when they come to the coroner's house, him and his wife are both dead under the couch with Wheel of Fortune still playing. And I'm like, and the spider crawls out of the coroner's nose in this like great effect. It's like obviously a fake head, but it's like great the way the spider comes out of his nose. But I'm like, okay, how did him eating a spider kill not only him, but his wife? And also the spider is not dead at all. Like it didn't even get injured. Um, Yeah, I don't know what the fuck's up with that dog. Also, the corner played by uh, just like a a repeat supporting player from movies that we've talked about. He is, uh, I can't remember, I, I don't know his name, but he's the guy in Total Recall who yeah. shows up to give Arnold Schwarzenegger uh the pill who's who's from the commercials yeah he's in a million different things right and i also don't know his name but uh i mean it's weird i mean i guess it's like you know whatever not that big a deal like it's just like a horror movie the spider's the bad thing they both died from the spider you know like i don't need maybe there was two spiders in the house like i don't fucking know man but it just was like according to the rules of the way these spider attacks got set up i thought that that was like a little fucked up um i thought there was a scene where the coach uh gets sits down to take a shit the coach of the football team he sits down to take a shit and a spider crawls into the toilet before he sits down with his underwear down and i was stoked because i was like oh hell yeah is the spider gonna crawl up his ass and bite him (laughs) that would be incredible for this movie to do and of course it didn't do it i was disappointed zero stars bad this is a very weird sequence because the reason he jumps off the toilet is that his daughter is upstairs and a spider has landed on her in in the shower but then it's like it's gotten washed down the drain without uh biting her and it does this really weird thing where the movie shows it sliding down between her breasts without showing all of the breast so it's like it's like a tasteful question mark. but <laughs> You're like, I don't why know. is this in the movie? Why is this in why this movie? This, why is this in this movie? That's exactly how I felt when that scene came up. Like this movie that is feels mostly childish and mostly yes. like family entertainment is suddenly like, hell yeah. Naked teen girl in peril. Ooh, yeah. Don't you love it? 
this is the kind of thing you should find attractive eight-year-old boy like and then and then she screams and her father runs in to save her and sees her naked and then she screams again that's the funnies yeah it's equally scary to her this deadly spider and her dad seeing her naked but like i mean that's pretty fair (laughs) that's pretty fair you know i wouldn't want that at all if i was that woman so julie so everybody pretty much believes jeff daniels at this point except for maybe his like really shitty daughter who's like mean to who's like mean to him and making fun of him with her friend uh and they the, the julian sands's assistant comes and he they find the spider and julian sands's assistant calls julian sands and it's like whoa this is like real deal spider you gotta get down here. spider 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 and julian sands is like spider 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 and he goes to see the spider and so he gets there and they see the spider and they test the venom and basically like you watch the characters learn everything that you've known throughout the entire movie, which is like, right. It's yet, yet it's still entertaining. It's not like, Oh no, there's a bad spider. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then they realize that the spider is like a general, which they keep saying, and it has like an army that it sends out. And there's like, but the general is also like the queen. They, they oscillate between calling it the queen and the general. So the, the everybody's freaked out about the spider now. Everybody's looking for the spider. John Goodman's looking for the spider. The professor's looking for the spider. The professor has like spider, a kind of a spider, 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 Lots spider, of spider, spider. Everybody's like spider, spider, spider. Basically, so like spider, spider, and then another spider, and so many yeah. spiders, and then there's like a spider. So like they at one point, Jeff Daniels picks up the newspaper like to like have uh, while he drinks his coffee, and he unfolds it, and the headline says in sixty point font like spider, 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 and then the text of the article, if you look quick enough, you can see see it just says spider, 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 comma spider, spider, period, spider, spider, spider. I mean, I think you could do the whole movie. You could be like uh, cave spider, coffin <laughs> spider, yard spider, barn spider, yeah, helmet spider, uh, yeah. home, old lady spider, football spider, yeah, garden party spider, yeah, garden party spider, <laughs> shower spider, toilet, unfortunately not asshole spider. Oh, uh, that's so sad for that spider. So sad for me. I really wanted a spider to go into that. <laughs> like, I just thought it would bite his butt, but I like that you imagined it crawling inside of his anus and then biting him from the inside. Just like, just like creepy crawly fingers up his butthole, just biting his sphincter. <laughs> it's funny because until now, you didn't actually express a desire that it would bite him. You just kept saying you wanted it to crawl in his butthole. Like, and, it, and then yeah. you're like, I don't know, who cares after that? But I really wanted to crawl. I wanted in his it to be hole. like a, a, a violent version of Rod Stewart's hamster. <laughs> See, I always thought it was Richard Gere's hamster. Is it Rod Stewart's hamster? Oh, sorry. I'm confusing my homophobic urban legends. Yes. Yeah, Rod Stewart had to have his stomach pumped, I think, is what you're <laughs> he was thinking. All that D. <laughs> <laughs> um,. um. So, so yeah. again, the spider, you know, everybody's like spider, spider. Oh, I was going to say the professor has like a proto version of the like clever girl scene from Jurassic Park where he's yeah. tracking the queen spider, tracks it to the layer, goes up to the web and is like doing a thing we've seen him do before. You hit the web in a certain way to get their attention. And he's like dinner time. But then the fuck it is dinner time because the spider fucking kills him like right away. Yeah, um, the spider does one of its famous jump scares which is just so awesome like i've never heard of a spider literally like jumping off a wall jumping off a wall by like he jumps like 
a dozen feet, you know, because yes. <laughs> it's he jumps from complete darkness where it looks like there is nothing. <laughs> and then he has enough momentum that he lands right on the guy and just sinks his fangs right into his neck. You know, it jumps. It jumps so intensely that you expect it to have like a supernatural sound effect to it. Like, <laughs> yeah, like the seven million dollar man. Yeah. You expect it like because he's the the scientist is like on a ladder. It should like fully knock him off the ladder, like. <laughs> Which again, I don't know if the if 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 the spider can jump like that. Why couldn't ha- have jumped very quickly from the bowl to the man's asshole? Like why? <laughs> you know, maybe it was one of those things where he was like, the spider's like, okay, I want to get inside this guy's asshole, and then he's like, how am I going to do it? got to get in the toilet bowl. Then he gets in the toilet bowl. If you know, gets his way there. It takes forever. Finally, the guy sits down on the bowl and then he's like, I don't know. Is this what I want? (laughs) (laughs) I was so sure this was what I wanted, but like, I don't know, man. You know, I'm not, I'm not not ready for this. I'm not ready for this. What am I, what is my family going to say? I just don't know. I mean, who am I going to be tomorrow if I do this? (laughs) Um, so the professor gets killed. And by the way, we've learned at this point that like Jeff Daniels's barn and home is kind of like home base for these spiders. And um, prior to that, there's a scene where Jeff Daniels lets his daughter go get babysat by the coaches. This is like a few scenes before. I just want to bring it up because I called his daughter shitty at one point. And it was because as she's leaving to go get babysat, he's telling his daughter and her smart ass looking friend, um, do not uh, go near any spiders. If you see a spider, run away. And they and they're like, okay, Doctor Death, which they're calling him because <laughs> all of his patients have been dying. So fucked up for his daughter too. <laughs> um, but also, there's another scene with that little girl who she's in the car with, where she's where they're at the town, um, the the party that's thrown for Jeff Daniels by the old woman right, that died yeah. in the beginning. There's just like a quick cutaway of that little girl body slamming a little boy. And it's really funny. funny. (laughs) I did not catch this at all. I don't remember this at all. It's this great cutaway where it's like, you know, B-roll of people at the party. And instead of like B-roll of like boys being boys and girls being girls, it's a girl picking up another little boy and dropping him onto the ground. Oh my God. Um, Yeah. And so, yeah, by this point, by this point, it's like the big spider fight. You know, there's like a big spider spider fight. This is like, okay, so they walk into their house and before it was just a house. But then they go in their house and it's like spider, spider, spider. Everything is spider. Like everything that used to be normal. Now it's spider. Like everything has spider in it. You know, (laughs) No, because they walk into the house and he's like about to tell them that like everything, something's wrong. And like the, the spiders are more than spiders. And as he's talking, she points at the TV because she sees a spider. She goes spider or she goes, ah, spider. And then within seconds, spiders are coming out of everything in the house. Like it, Ricky, like, this is what I was just saying. Everything is spider. Like before it was yes. normal and now it's spider. <laughs> but like there's as much as there's it's warranted because the entire movie has been about spiders there's n- like there's no way that like they would never have seen a st- like all spiders would just come out at the same time no one had ever noticed the spider in the house before it's like it's like imagine if you you had like you you live in new york i live in new york we had we've had cockroaches right where it's like one appears and you're like god damn a fucking cockroach okay and then like a week later like 
another one. And you're like, okay, fuck, that's that's not good. Now we have two. And then like maybe two more at the same time, if that, maybe. And then you're like, yeah, fuck. Right. It's never like, oh, hey, a cockroach. Oh, shit. I am being swarmed <laughs> by billions of cockroaches within seconds. Like they're coming out of... They're coming out of the drains. They're coming out of the vents. They're covering the television. All the door frames are covered in them. Whereas before that, even though you were the number one person in the town concerned about spiders and you had not is and you were looking for them actively everywhere and you had not seen a single one in your house. And then, yes, there's roughly like 10,000 spiders inside your house, like attacking you all at once. Oh, there's so many great shots too of like um, practical effects that like you know if you pause it they look ridiculous but they're yes. cut they're cut away so fast that you can kind of get over it. Like there's a shot where like everybody's getting out of the window of the bathroom because they've all run upstairs from the spiders because the spiders were all downstairs, whatever. And the spiders like follow them upstairs <laughs> or like come up upstairs or something. And they're in the bathroom and everybody gets out the window but Jeff Daniels and Jeff Daniels is like like half his body is out the window and half his body is still in the bathroom. And there's like five spiders dangling from string that are like, they all drop at the same time. They go like down to block him from getting out the window. It's so good. And you can even tell from the way it's shot that it was like it, he literally could have still gotten out the window, but he goes like, Oh, (laughs) it's Uh, so dumb. And then he runs downstairs and they find he notices that the queen spider is downstairs, who's the basically the boss bitch of the whole the whole shebang. And uh he ha- he has it out with her and um he sets her on fire uh multiple times, I think. And there's like a you know, it's a pretty it's a pretty great climax. Apparently they shot it over the course of two weeks and it was the last oh, wow. thing that they shot for the whole movie. Like everybody else got sent home and then they just shot that scene with Jeff Daniels for two weeks. Um, well, I yeah. mean, this is actually like to jump ahead in the show a little bit. I mean, this is definitely one of my favorite, if not my the favorite part of the movie is that the climax of this film is Jeff Daniels having maybe like a 10 minute physical fight with a single spider. <laughs> and it's like it involves a lot of him making himself fall over because obviously the spider does not cannot punch him or anything. <laughs> but it's like he keeps like getting startled or like it kind of jumps at him and he, you know, moves away. And so it's like things are falling on him and he's like, you know, got scratches on his face. And you're like, this is all just like it's basically like if someone threw a teddy bear at you and you're like, oh, 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 oh. It's like it's all you've done. He's done it all to himself, like every single part of it. And this goes back to there's a moment that goes back to your first question for the entire movie of whether or not the spider is evil or not, because the spider literally has a moment where it does what a villain does at the end of every movie where like in most movies, it's the moment where the villain has like captured the hero and explains the entire plot and reason that they're like going to kill them, you know, like in, in, in all, in all these kinds of movies, but the spider can't talk. So what it is, is that like the spider just like slowly crawls up Jeff Daniels leg and has him cornered. And it's very screenplay one oh one. It's like, you know, the hero is cornered, nothing like what can And happen? we've also heard earlier in the movie if something exactly like this happened to him and is the reason he's afraid of spiders in the first place. Yeah. And it's climbing up his leg and looking at him and he's looking at it. And it very much felt like just a moment in every movie to me where like the hero's tied up and the villain is like, now that I've got you here, 
let me tell you exactly what I'm going to do with the bombs that I've stolen. And it like gives the hero just enough time to figure out what yeah. to do. Seems so, like you're yeah. powerless against me, Mr. Doctor. Right. <laughs> or am I? And the weird thing he does is it's like, I, and I didn't necessarily feel this was like telegraphed that well with the photography, but it's like he's waiting for the spider to crawl up on top of a piece of wood that is also laying on top of him. And then he hits it like a seesaw and the spider flies oh. off of him. I oh, think I, like, isn't that what happens? No, that's exactly what happens. But I agree completely because like I saw the piece of wood and I was like, that's going to factor into this. But normally it wouldn't just be you, the viewer who sees the piece of wood. You would see Daniels recognize the piece of wood as well and be waiting for the moment where he can do it. But like the piece of wood to me, I was like, what is that doing there? Of course it's going to factor into this, but why is, why aren't you telling me that like yeah, he's right. noticing it too, that like he's waiting. Like I didn't know that he was waiting for it to hit the piece of wood when it hit the wood and he did that. I was like, Oh, he just noticed that it was on a piece of wood. I mean, it's like very strange. It's very strange because also like, again, at the end of the day, like it is a spider. Like you think he might just be like going to squish it or something. <laughs> but he... yeah, it's, also, it's a massive spider. Like it's not like, it's not like a hard to find spider. Like it's pretty fucking big. <laughs> yeah. It's like the size of like a, like a gerbil or something, you know, it's like very large. And I think that is oh. one of the practical effects that looks ridiculous. If you pause it, it's this fucking gigantic mechanical spider. That's like trying to kill him. One of the things that we forgot to say, going back to our, uh, our Chekhovian gun here is the reason that he is stuck in the basement fighting the queen spider is because he has fallen into the basement from upstairs, running from spiders in the bathroom. And he can't get out of the basement because the hatch door is padlocked because he, and also padlocked. I would say there's a secondary part that's, that's a Chekhovian gun thing, which is that the way he gets down there actually is he falls off a banister or something and falls through the floor. We've previously established was rotten from like, not from termites, but just from being rotten. Oh, that's right. Um, so it pays off. It's just paying off and paying off, dude. And then also earlier in the movie, someone has described to him how the nest of the spider would smell. And he stands up and like re repeats it exactly and goes, I'm in the damn nest. <laughs> it's like, right, he's just like, like paying off, paying off. He's like musty, right? Musty, which musty, I will tell yeah. you, after having recently survived a cockroach infestation, their nests also musty. It's disgusting. That's gross. That's fucking gross, Ricky. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a musty, like, uh, unused but out of the package condom that's just been hanging out. I just love all the windows into your life we got just in that short story. Like, there were so many points of character development just in a couple sentences. It was done with a lot of economy, and I, I really enjoyed it. What you've never left an unused condom out of the package on your nightstand for weeks at a time. With a story, it's with a story I started as someone who recently survived a cockroach infestation. <laughs> who's, who's now, who's who's currently driving across country and living out of his car? You see this? I got bitten by a black widow spider fourteen times. Well, you know what to do if you leave a unused condom out too long, don't you? You can just you put it in and put it in the microwave for five seconds, and you put a little baby oil on it. You're good to go, brother. <laughs> Uh, so uh yeah he kills the queen bee it's the end of the movie we cut they've now moved back to the city which i loved i love that they moved i love that too 
I love that um, as an ending for the movie. I thought that was great. And it was like a triumph. And also the kids are nowhere in sight. <laughs> the kids are yeah. nowhere in sight. Just the two of them. It's like, it's such a, and it's such a refreshing thing. Cause most movies would be like, would want them to have made, like have the ending be they, they stayed and made a life there. But this movie's like, no way. <laughs> These people yeah, hated that place. <laughs> the city. No one ever it's... does that. Like no one ever has the characters like leave the horrible town. They stay or they like, you know, figure it out. But yeah, yeah, no, it's totally true. Right. It's so rare to see. And I, I did love the attitude of the movie just being like, yeah, fuck those small town vipers. I mean, basically the movie presents everyone in the small town as being awful. Like they're all like bullies and they're rude and they treat him like garbage and like everything about himself that he's proud of. They're like, oh, you piece of shit. You think you're smart because you went to Yale? And he's like, I, I did. Yeah, I mean, like I worked very hard. Um, Yeah, and so that's it. And there's a great moment where they they have to get up to go take care of the kids. Like they hear the kids in the background. Right. And they have nope. to go take care. Oh, there's an well, no, it's cause there's an earthquake. There's an earthquake and they go to check on the kids. Yeah. And as they go to check on the kid, he spills his bottle of wine and doesn't care. And then uh, a song and then the credits roll over the Jimmy Buffett song of bugs life or something like that. What's it called? It's called like, <laughs> it's called like spider in around. <laughs> Yeah, it really is. Hold on. It's called... Uh... It's called Eight Shots of Tequila, the arachnophobia <laughs> story. No, it's so Jimmy Buffett. Oh, my God. It's so Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> it's called Don't Bug Me. <laughs> <laughs> because like, it's so Jimmy Buffett because it's like, it's like, don't bug me. I'm just hanging out. I'm just chilling. <laughs> don't, don't, go, don't go bugging me, insects. And it's also shows like of like he has put no thought into what the song is about or how it relates to the movie. It's just like, yeah, it's about bugs, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a, there's a lyric in the song because I was really listening to the song during the credits. There's a lyric in the song. It's like, don't spin your web, don't spin a new tail. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so hostile to the viewer and to the like people who made the film you know i just oh and i love imagining the meeting where they have to be like oh we got this great song from jimmy buffett we're really excited that we got this like it's we're gonna play it over the closing credits and everyone has to be like oh yeah great (laughs) it's great to have jimmy involved you know he's got a big following um so yeah that's 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 arachnophobia uh chris 30 years later uh what's your favorite part uh well we talked about this a bunch but um i think kind of two things uh and one of them is like how obsessed it is with small town upper middle class life like definitely that was such a huge thing at the time and then also is the um which also we've kind of brought up, but uh, there's a there's quotes from the director Frank Marshall where he talks about how he wanted the movie to be a, a what he calls a roller coaster, but but what he means is he wants it to be like funny and then scary and funny and then scary and never like too scary. And he even says like, "Oh, people don't want to be terrified," which I mean I agree with, but it's a funny thing for a horror movie director to say. So like the way that the movie is like very invested in being so tonally variant, I feel like is pretty. 90s like these days a movie about spiders killing people is a movie about spiders killing people you know what i mean it yeah. doesn't it doesn't cut back to zany stuff all the time like it would just be spider set piece after spider set piece you know it would yeah. never 
it wouldn't just be like a series of minor spider murders it would be like the end the end scene where all the spiders are coming out of the house would have been like the first scene of the movie (laughs) yeah right and when there would be like you know like fucking like spider lore there would be some reason the spiders had like come out of venezuela into the town you know my god if there would be like a fucking spider like cult or something maybe like helping the spiders they'd be like on the run from the spiders (laughs) it's like it's like uh it's like it's like a zombie movie but the zombies are spiders they're like holed up in an abandoned mall like like eat like surviving on like canned food and spiders are outside they'd be like these these spiders are getting smarter and then it it cut to a spider that would be like hello (laughs) (laughs) hello it's another human being please open the door (laughs) Do you like my legs? It'd be it'd be a group of puppet spiders dancing to ZZ Top's legs. It would be like it would be like there would be one human who was like the lookout, and he would be like, "Oh, check that out!" And it would be a spider in a dress and eight high heels. And it'd be like, be like "Where have you been all my life, baby? Get on in here." um okay 30 years later what has this movie grown out of well my favorite part of the movie uh that's not the fucking question ricky the question is what's the most 90s thing no the question is what's your what i asked you what your favorite part was no i thought you said what's the most 90s part that's the question i answered oh oh i asked what your favorite part was Okay, I wasn't really. I wasn't listening then. Sorry. Yeah. Who the <laughs> fault is that? Uh, well, my uh, the most '90s thing about the movie to me is that's really hard because it is really an '80s movie. Like it this is, is a yeah. this is very much an '80s movie. Even even John Goodman's performance, like this is a Goodman '80s performance. It's very in the it's 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 along the same lines of like Raising Arizona, yeah. um, like and he's Martin not really like, and like yeah. Yeah, he's not really, uh, he hasn't really settled into like what is similar, like somewhere between a supporting actor and a leading man. He's still like supporting comedy character. Um, so yeah, it really feels like an eighties movie to me. What's there's, there's not, there's not much about it that feels particularly nineties. Cause even Jeff Daniels is as a leading man is an eighties, is an eighties actor in the nineties. He's dumb and dumber. Yeah, it is weird to see him as like the young romantic lead in this monster movie. Like, it's not how I think of him, but it, it works and he does a really good job. It's just like it's an unusual role for him. You know, the big headed guy from the newsroom. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, so for night for me, like. Uh, this is an 80s movie. I don't really have anything about it being 90s ish. To me, it's a 100 percent an 80s movie. My favorite part of the movie is um the scene where the spider uh almost goes up the guy's ass i was very excited about that yeah but isn't that also your least favorite part of the movie because it doesn't actually happen yeah i live in duality man what do you want me to say (laughs) 
No, my favorite part of the movie is where um, it's the end fight with the spider. And I, I just love everything about how stupid it is that he has a big like physical fight with a single spider. Like it's really yeah. hilarious. And I it's also a great, love... it's a great climactic scene. It's great. And it also involves him, too. So you, you, we kept talking about the wine cellar, but the eventually he starts throwing his wine bottles at the spider you know, which is like, again, paying off, paying off stuff from earlier. He's having to sacrifice all this wine to, like, save himself and save his family. But then but then in, in the middle of that, he does go, not the chateau. And he puts down a bottle of wine. It's so fucking stupid. It's so stupid. Um, I, I loved I, I all of it. As much as this movie works, you can see exactly why Congo doesn't work in this movie. Right? Yeah. Like, and that's sort of what I meant by at the beginning, like this is sort of the last year or like last years of movies like this, it, being able to exist for adults. Like, the, like you know, as you, as movies have progressed over time, what a pretentious phrase, excuse me, but like the nature of naturalism has, has changed yeah. and what we buy into and what we believe in has changed. And like arachnophobia is like right on the edge of the eighties, uh corniness and 80s simplicity of of the net the nuclear family being being attacked and the way that these characters establish themselves through exposition being able to work like that seems to die right around this time yeah i mean it does go on for a couple more years like i was saying in like kids movies yes of the 90s and so i found that very like identifiable because it's like yeah, like the, you know, whatever, the Sandlot, like a million movies like that, where it's just like about people who have a crazy adventure, but it starts off, it starts off with them, you know, in normal life. Um, this kind of very presentational, like almost storybook, like you're saying about the first scene where they just say all the exposition right away. I mean, that's every one of those movies, you know, they just yeah. tell you exactly what's going on. Like, I can't believe we had to move out of the city because dad died. You know, like that's like the first line. Where am I ever going to play baseball? None of these kids are going to understand how much I love treasure maps. <laughs> um, I mean, we're kind of already talking about it, but 30 years later, what this movie grew out of. And I would say the tone, like 30 years later, I think the yeah. movie, at least, you know, other movies can do it. Like you said, kids movies are like B, B, B movies, but a, a, a mainstream studio movie produced by you know someone like steven spielberg like can't can't yeah can't no it has it just has to deal it has to engage with reality on a different level than this movie yeah. right like this movie it takes place like outside of the realm of what is true in a way that you can't really do as much anymore you think of sorry you think about a movie like crawl which is a creature feature that came out like two years ago that's produced by sam raimi and directed by uh, Alexandra Aja, the French like new horror director who made fucked up movies. I can't really um, yeah. Think. I, this movie got fantastic reviews. I actually haven't seen it, but I remember seeing like I mean, first of all, I remember being in L.A. and seeing like so many ads for this movie. It was like blowing my mind. But secondly, like I heard it was actually really good, like really well done. But like they're poor. They're. Uh, the, the stakes of it are so much more closer to um, reality than just sort of like a nice family moving into a neighborhood and spiders being there, you know, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, usually this is the part of the show where I talk about something that's like kind of objectionable, but I will say 
this movie and it, it I didn't really find anything about it objectionable. I didn't find anything sure. about it like, you know, super like stood out as being like racist or sexist or being like completely turning a blind eye to something about the world in a way that's like you just can't believe it happened. Uh, I think partially because of what we're talking about, because it exists in this like, you know, non reality reality, it just kind of like it operates at that level and you can accept it. And I, I didn't really find anything to like complain about exactly. Um, but I do agree with you about the tone. Like, yeah, you just, you don't find movies like this anymore. Even if you were trying to do a horror comedy, you would be so much more absurdist and also self-reflexive. You like, know, like Cabin in the Woods. Like I, you know, you think of yeah, maybe, right. Or even Scream. You know, you you would just be like constantly like referencing yourself and making fun of the things that you're doing that are noticeable tropes in 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 horror. Whereas this movie uh, isn't it's just doing those tropes and injecting a certain amount of like life and fun into them. I mean, it's interesting, like I, you know, he directed several movies, Frank Marshall, but he obviously produced so many more like extremely successful movies. I like to think of it kind of as being like you know, just like, it's just something he did so he could bring it up in meetings, you know? So it's like when he's having meetings with creative people, he can be like, well, you know, I directed a movie. I directed arachnophobia, you know, and on arachnophobia, what we were trying to do. And it's like, it's a pretty good movie. So you can't really argue with him, but it's also like kind of weird, you know, it kind of, so it's like, I, I just, I was wondering how many times he has discussed this movie, like in a, in a meeting with someone, I mean, maybe never, I don't know. He's an extremely successful producer he doesn't need to be like winning anyone over but like no i mean I he yeah, i don't think so either he was a producer he was like one of steven spielberg's right hands in the in the sort of myths of spielberg's reign yeah that's crazy. like did he I produce mean, did he produce uh he didn't produce jurassic park did he no no he didn't do jurassic park right because at that no. point he'd started directing and he moved he moved on jurassic park was that like 93 what year was that yeah, something like that. But look at yeah, this. This no. is his his this is insane. Yeah. Dude, it's completely insane. Right. So he's working for Amblin at this point because damn, he's an executive producer on The Warriors because he's working with Walter Hill. And then he moves with he moves into Spielberg. He's a producer on Raiders, Poltergeist. He's an EP on the Twilight Zone movie, EP on the Temple of Doom, EP on Gremlins, uh Goonies. Back to the Future, Young Sherlock Holmes, and then he's a producer. So he's at this point he's mainly producing Spielberg's yeah, movies, and then and then EP and the other movies that are like that are Amblin movies. Um, but then you get into the '90s, and yeah, so he EP'd Cape Fear. Yeah. He produced Hook. Wow. EP'd Swing Kids. Yeah, it looks like he stopped working with uh spielberg in the early 90s he produced the sixth sense yo this guy is rich as fuck well the other thing we haven't mentioned too is that he's married to kathleen kennedy which is like that's another person who's rich as fuck like talk about like a fucking power couple like dude i cannot even imagine what it is what their life is like i literally cannot Oh, no. Oh, and this is the I was telling Ricky about this earlier today. But one of his other things that he does, Frank Marshall, is he's on 
He's a former VP and member of the board of directors of the United States Olympic Committee, and he is in the U.S. Olympic Hall of Fame for his years of service to the Olympic Committee. Like, that's fucking crazy, dude. I mean, I guess does that mostly mean he just donates a lot of money to the Olympics? Like, that's one of his things that he does. He donated so much money to the Olympics, he's in the Olympic Hall of Fame. I think it's, yeah, because they have a company together, a production company. Kennedy Marshall Company. Yeah, Kennedy Marshall produced Jurassic World. Got it. <clears throat> oh, their first movie together was Alive. No, which he directed, so. Yeah. That's all. That's also cool because that establishes a dynamic in the relationship where it's like, he <gasps> did direct something and it was successful. So like, even though he had no more success as a director, it was like, they know they were both present when a time when it did work, you know? So it gives you some credibility to talk about it. They're also, um, so he has basically taken over primary duties of their production company because she's been president of Lucasfilm since 2012. Oh, right. Yeah. So that makes sense. They have two daughters. Anyway, (laughs) this is all got to get cut. No, it's this is the most interesting part of the show. What are you talking about? They've got and it looks like and it looks like they've got two daughters. <laughs> Ricky is like splayed out on a hotel bed right now as he's saying this just for your mental picture. <laughs> um Yeah. So thirty years later, arachnophobia, I'm in. I'm, I'm in, in I too. It was it. great. I miss these Amblin movies because they've turned into Jurassic World, which is just unwatchable trash. Yeah, I mean, this movie, a movie like Jurassic World cuts out everything that makes a movie like this interesting. All the little touches and the little bits of humanity that make a movie like this palatable and even interesting, it's they're just all gone now. And you just get like somebody like they're like, I wear running shoes because I'm always on the move. And like, that's the that's all the character they get, you know? And then you just get like digital smash in your face. It's just yeah. like blips and blops and bleeps and and gadgets just sort of crushing you. Wait, Ricky, I'm sorry. What is it again? Could you tell me again? It's blips and blops and bleeps and just sort of gadgets crushing you. <laughs> you see this, brother? I got bit by a black little spider 14 times. <laughs> It's like it's like watching Jurassic World is like is like walking into just sort of an assaulted video game, like a brightly co- the most brightly colored yes, assaulted yes. video game, and they know it, and that's and that's what and that's how they're making it. Like, can they even watch that shit while they're editing? It's unwa- it? I mean, it's unwatchable, right? I mean, I, I had a fun time watching Jurassic World the very first time that I saw it, but even as I was watching it, I was like, wait, why? 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 Yeah. Why does this? Why do the dinosaurs hate the annoying TV reporter so much? Like what? Um, like why are all the dinosaurs the first priority is murdering everyone? Like in the very long sequence. Um, but like, yeah, it's terrible. I hate it, and I'm usually so forgiving of that kind of crap. I mean, in a lot of ways, I am. But it was like, 
it just didn't make any sense fundamentally. I mean, that was one of the great things about Jurassic Park. Like it made legitimate sense. You understood everyone's yeah. motivations and you were worried that the people you liked weren't going to make it through this disaster. And I didn't have that feeling for like a second of Jurassic World. It was just like, these are children. And you're like, okay, but why do I like them? I don't, I mean, I know that they're children, but like, can they do something likable maybe like once, you know? I agree. Yeah, 30 no, years say, later. So 30 years later, uh, arachnophobia. I mean, it's good. It's good, dog. I love it. I'm into it. I'd watch it again. I think it, I think it holds up. I also think it holds up. I think it jumps off the wall like a rambunctious spider looking to bite. You know, I wasn't expecting to really like this movie, much like a character in this movie reaching behind a toilet doesn't expect to be bitten by a spider. But there it was. There it was, man. I liked it. I liked it a lot. I would say I give it three stars. It would have gotten a fourth star if the spider went up the man's ass and bit his sphincter. (laughs) 